Welcome to It's Not That Deep with me, Lucy Woods, a mindfulness teacher, and me, Adrienne Kirk, a psychotherapist. Every episode, we discuss navigating the messiness of everyday life. We know it's a big subject, but we will do our best to discuss it lightly and make some sense of it all. In this episode, we're discussing why do we repeat mistakes? I think it's a really human thing. There's something about it that's, I don't know, that has a quality of, well, predictability, right? So we say things like, oh, I always do that. You know, I have I, I have a type. We say that I always go for bad boys. You know that these mistakes, these things that we kind of regret, but then there's something. It becomes a pattern. Yeah, absolutely. And there's something appealing about it, right? Something that pulls us back to that pattern. What though? That well, I mean, it just seems ridiculous looking at it now yeah. objectively. And I mean, I can relate to the relationships one <laughs> quite easily. Not. I wouldn't even say necessarily that they're of the same type, but maybe the way I was in that relationship mm-hmm. was repeated. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So there's that as well, right? Yeah. The, those patterns of behaviour. You know, I always when that happens, I always do this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's kind of that familiarity. That's mm. who I am. That's yeah. the way I am. Like we really uh, identify as those things. Yes. And that becomes a pattern for us, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think I think that's one of the things, right? That it's how we define ourselves. So we in and you can hear that in the way we talk about those things. Mm. Oh, I always do that, which precludes any possibility of doing anything different, mm. right? Because that's who I am. Mm, that's typical of me. Yes, absolutely. That it's it's definitive of me in some way. I always, you know, yeah. and. And I think that language can make it also appear that that those things are inviolable. There is nothing else to be done in that situation Mm. except what we always do. So I think there's that about it. Yeah, and repeating the mistakes, it was almost like we hadn't had choice in it, you know, or we were just so blind to seeing that this was yet another one of those times where we were going to ignore red flags or ignore our gut instinct that we've spoken about before for want of something that they perceive to, I don't know, give us some pleasure in this moment or whatever, that actually it's more exciting to go out with a bad boy than it is to have someone that's just kind and reliable gentle and reliable. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm cringing inside, right? Because, because, I know that in my past I describe people like that as boring, right? Whereas now those are the qualities I, yeah, I, I hold most dear. Yeah, you know? we long for. In yeah, the time, right. Absolutely. Gosh. So there is. You're right. There is something about you know oh, it's meant to be exciting, but we we appear to be predisposed to think of exciting as well that adrenaline rush mm. and also of of ending in failure of dis- in ending in disaster. Otherwise, it's not exciting. You know, it's exciting when, I don't know, he doesn't turn up. He never texts. And then he turns up out of the blue and we have a lovely evening. And then I don't hear from him for weeks, you know. Yeah, in our youth, exciting was a word that we might have attached to that. So I'm I'm just struck as well, because you said youth. And I was thinking about, you know, it being when we were younger. And we know that our prefrontal cortex or whatever, our neocortex is where consequence and things are housed. Mm. 
And so perhaps in those early years when we're more likely, I know we're talking very much about relationships and it isn't just about relationships no. that we repeat mistakes, but we can obviously relate to that quite easily when we're talking now. That that inability to sort of see beyond the now, um, because there isn't the, the bit of our brain that's fully formed, sub-25, would not have looked at consequences, would not have thought further down the line how someone that was kind and reliable and whatever might be better than this temporary fleeting excitement, which also leads to like crying into my pillow at night because yeah. I don't know when I'm going to see them next or they've not replied to me or whatever. Absolutely. And I think it suddenly occurs to me that, that, that there's, there's sort of different varieties of this, right? So that might be, we might see that as a, as a as quite a normal rite of passage and that at some point when we're a bit more mature and we want to settle down you know if you want kids or you want a home or you get mm. a job all of a sudden those other qualities the kindness the dependency the the the, 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 the seem keen on us yes, you know yeah. seeming keen on us you know these yeah, they things, actually text back absolutely <laughs> oh they like me uh, those things are suddenly gain importance yeah. for us in my work, what I see often are adults who who haven't done that switch, and and that's a really that's a really different sort of situation. And you know, often when I explore their past with them, what what you see, what I see, is that they are on some unconscious level trying to mend the wounds of a childhood trauma. Right, so they've picked somebody who's like their dad or their mum, mm. right, with a view to fixing them. Yeah. Right? If they're good enough, they can fix this, and in some way that kind of psychically, psychologically fixes the trauma from childhood. So you're kind of hiding to nothing there, yeah. right? Because people aren't just fixable. Yeah, I mean, there's the willingness of the other party to want to be fixed. <laughs> they might not perceive they have anything to be fixed. And there's also the fact that even if, let's say, you did manage to change someone, are they doing it for themselves or for you or yeah. what? And does that actually change the deep-seated, you know, trauma that, response? That, right? So no, you know. So then it all becomes safe and predictable, and so you sort of wander off to find the next yes. one to save, right? Oh my right? gosh, that's so true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... So, so I think, I think, I think there's a sort of, for want of a better phrase, there's a sort of pathological version yeah. of it, as well as the sort of excitement thing, yeah, the development, the developmental thing. stage yeah. thing, yeah. for want of, for want of a better way of putting it. Yeah. So, and it's not just within relationships that no. we repeat these kind of patterns, do we? I mean, I'm just thinking. We, we talked about goals and things in the the last one. You know, people perhaps with food and their relationship with food, you know, don't want to keep going down the slippery slope of fast food and takeaways, whatever, but we find ourselves kind of going back into those kind of old habits again yes. because of whatever reason. Yeah. And that you're right, and that often comes along with that kind of absolutist thinking, right? So so if I've fallen off the wagon, so if I'm doing mm. some Un un yeah, exactly. Some unstickable diet, you know. Mm. Um, if I fall off the wagon, then all is lost, and, and exactly. So I pile back into my old habits. Yeah. 
you know, and, and you're right, you see that with alcohol, but and also with eating. So that whole yo-yo dieting thing is exactly that, right? I've yeah. stuck with it for as long as I can, and I might even have seen some results, but at some point... It's not sustainable. I, exactly, I, and, I, and then I revert to my old pattern, because that's the... That's the super highway one. That's the that's the one with that's the the, the thoughtless one. That's the, it's the easy path it's for the our one brains. It's most well rehearsed. Exactly. Right. So it's the one we we naturally fall back yeah. into. Yeah, and of course, cha changing for want of a better word, mm -hmm. you know, kind of not repeating these mistakes does take practice. Yeah, we need to have all these things. We always talk about in mindfulness awareness of what's happening. The ability to kind of be really honest with ourselves about how we're being, to catch the times when we're pulled into um, the old patterns, and and as soon as we notice, instead of oh no, I've eaten that cake again, saying okay, I've caught myself falling down this hole. Mm -hmm. I'm struck by the Portia Nelson um, autobiography in five chapters again. I'm sure I've talked about this in in one a previous podcast. Um, as soon as we notice that, being able to say hold on a moment. Yeah. No, let's be honest. Because going back to the relationship thing, I know I ignored red flags. Yeah. For the for the sake of, oh, I'm sure it'll be okay this time, or yeah. you know, and actually, sometimes our brain kind of talks us into things. Yes. Yeah. We we have this belief or sense that the brain is going to be the intelligent bit of us that's going to be objective and logical and rational but when those base instincts and I suppose relationships kick in base instinct as much as food kicks in base instinct yeah it's really easy to override logic absolutely and you know if you if you add to that this very human tendency to to think that, to assume that our our thoughts and our beliefs are us right so then they are fixed right so there's we, no change exactly so there is no changing so i think the first step is to believe that we can we can do something different and that's a huge step to take yeah i was talking about this in teaching just this morning about um that we have that sense of saying i'm anxious or i'm a this type of person yeah because once we identify with that once we really label ourselves as that like you say we believe it to be true and then it becomes a sort of fixed persona mm. that's just the way i am absolutely and then change doing something different would be being inauthentic yeah and also it's very hard to break from that we've really yeah. sedimented that as a belief that absolutely. that's who we are yes so much so that we don't even think it right it's not even it's not even available as a as an idea. It's ingrained. It's ingrained right in exactly. There. So mm. so then you know so then there is all this evidence to to back it up, right? I am somebody who just always makes these mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So awareness becomes super 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 yeah. important. Yeah. 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 It really does. It really does. And 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 that belief that it is possible to change so can i notice what i'm doing and can i can i hold the belief that i have a choice here yeah because i think that's the other thing we think we, we say things like that that's just what i do which doesn't allow the possibility of doing anything different yeah and interrupting that knee-jerk reaction mm. which is essentially what it is whether yeah. it's 
a pull towards some new bad boy or, or whatever it's it's happening on the subconscious level it's because if we were really pulling it into awareness those red flags might be a bit stronger right we might yeah. listen to them or even if we notice them we might ignore them anyway um because the the short-term gratification or whatever might be strong enough to override that so it takes quite a lot of noticing a lot yeah. of practice yeah i keep coming to this back to this word honesty yeah it feels really important that we're we're honest with ourselves because i think that our tendency is to minimize or override or say it's probably going to be fine or whatever and i think it takes a lot of emotional labor to hold the honesty right yeah. so that takes a lot of effort much harder work much harder work and and you know our brains don't much like that no it, and and maybe it's not even just our brains like our whole physiology especially mm. i'm being drawn back to well it could be whether it's the cake or the or the good looking guy you know it that draw is quite a primitive base instinct so to really invite new brain to be hold on a moment lucy this isn't going to be helpful you know this is a a pattern of behavior that we know to have previously caused us some unhappiness to hold that in the moment of in, instinct and yeah. and kind of knee-jerk reaction yeah it takes a bit of work it really does and alongside that you know is 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 learning to override that belief that this time it will be different you know that this that that this idea we have that if we keep doing the same thing we can nonetheless expect a different result yeah. <laughs> do we know if it was einstein it definitely it? wasn't einstein no but it's attributed but it is attributed to him yeah, yeah. i'm sure we've yeah keep this, this definition of madness to keep doing the same thing expecting a different yeah. result yeah but i think that's what we're talking about yeah, here isn't it absolutely it is that that sense that we keep doing the same behaviors even when they're not helpful for us and it could also be things like rumination yeah. and catastrophizing yeah you know, all those things we're really good at <laughs> just thinking oh yes my expertise because <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. a mistake well it's, you know it's it's an unhelpful it's, behavior it's an unhelpful behavior absolutely and you know and 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 in the long run of course it, it is a mistake because it hasn't been helpful mm -hmm. right and so you could classify it like that and and i probably should um you know and and you're right that it it it's it's another one of those things that that takes a lot of effort emotional labor to to notice that we're doing it and then just to say unhelpful yeah it's unhelpful yeah and i think what's really key because i had a little catastrophizing this morning and you know that is one of those well-worn pathways of mm. behavior so i had 40 years of catastrophizing versus 12 of mindfulness um it's it, it's still there that pathway right it's, oh, it's yeah. the low road it's the quick route um but when we're coming back like if we notice ourselves catastrophizing or about to do something that we might regret or whatever we've got to bring the attention back to something else you know and particularly with catastrophizing you can't just notice the thought and say i won't think about that it, it, we've got to hook the attention into something else more helpful haven't we yes yeah absolutely yeah 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 and you're right it comes it all stems from noticing mm. so we have to notice that there's the that there's the behavior in the first place and what was helpful to me this morning was that 
I was teaching just about this stuff, so it became a really live teaching point mm. to share my own, this is what's happening to me right now. This is the thing I'm catastrophizing about. This, you know, this is how I'm dealing with it. This is what I'm noticing. I'm noticing how my body, you know, changes in terms of heart racing or something and how we might come back again. So I think really explicitly naming it brought it right into the foreground of awareness. Yes. Makes it not happening on a subconscious level anymore. Here it right is naming and holding it in this moment. And then that kind of helped to do it. So that kind of honesty with my clients, <laughs> this is what I'm doing, you know, um, can sometimes be helpful, I think. Yeah, and I think you're right. You, you raised something interesting there, which is that... I, the, the idea I think we start with is that we can fix this and by fix it we mean we just won't do it anymore but that's not really how it works right no, so, so if it did we'd have done it a long time absolutely. ago so the tendency remains there and it's something we're alive to and we have strategies that help us to manage it you know it's um we did a we did a we did a podcast a, a few ones ago about um, uh, why don't we stick to goals, mm. right? And it reminds me of that in the sense that we have to, in that we were talking about what we define as, as goals and tasks that can be completed. And this is another one of those things that's not a task that can be completed. Yeah. It's got to, we've got to keep practicing it and keep practicing it. And, and that the tendency, the underlying tendency is always there. But what we can do is dampen it down and we can and we can grow the new pathway. Exactly, grow a new pathway. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that in moments of high stress our brains don't go for the low road, don't go yeah. for our original our yeah. original plan here. And of course we don't want to override anxiety, you know, no. we don't want to override our reactivity. Because sometimes it might be useful, right? I always talk Absolutely. about if we're in the middle of the road and the bus is coming. Like, we never want to override that ability we have to just panic and get out the road, you know? It's, it's really flipping useful yeah, to us. Absolutely. But it's about recognising that change in state yes. in us. Um, yeah. But, and that's well, always really hard, isn't it? Something that is useful in some situations. That, that we've then generalised into everything. Yeah. So how do we pull it back to where it's useful? Because that's kind of a hit and miss. So it's a bit of a it's a moving it's a moving target yeah, that one, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And yeah, sometimes the things that we think might be true, but in this moment, not we don't know that for sure. Yeah. Staying with the facts. I'm I'm just wondering how we apply this, or reflecting on how we apply this with those kind of mistakes, like with choosing the wrong partner or, you know, doing something that we really didn't want to, but um, this kind of urge has, mm. has, has, has overridden that. There will, there will be a moment of noticing. Yes. And then it's about, can we allow that? So can we be honest yeah. about it? Because, because if we don't, we compound the problem, right? We can we compound the original error, but there, but there is something really um, distressing about acknowledging that we made that mistake. Yeah, yeah, and and I wonder also is there something wonderful 
in catching ourselves about to make a mistake yeah. and making a different choice. Absolutely. If we get to the point where we're yeah. doing it early enough, then then yeah. then you know, that, that's a kind of coaching yeah, moment, me. right? Yes, absolutely, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, without sharing too much, because I never know who's listening to this podcast, but I had a situation where someone said something to me about a past relationship, about the other person that I was in a relationship with. And they and it was a bit disparaging to me. And there was a moment of wanting to say, yeah, but what about this and this and this and this and this? And I thought that wouldn't be helpful right now. And I caught it and I just went, oh, that's a shame. And I walked away. Hmm. I can't tell you how I'm still dining out on that one because it was such a moment of yes. once upon a time, there would have been a need to go back in and justify and whatever and 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 it would have probably blown up into something unpleasant and it was kind of just not necessary yeah i was able to let my feeling of unjustness and unfairness go for the for the greater good almost so i'm feeling quite holier than thou right now in that sense but i'm honestly it was so much better than the alternative and i'm really proud of myself for like having that kind of response so I think there is a possibility of catching mm-hmm. those moments where we're about to do something we regret because making these repeating mistakes could be things like road rage or yeah. getting into arguments with people or losing our temper at our child or you know we regret it deeply the next day and wish absolutely. we hadn't yeah. but it all feeds into the same thing doesn't it oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah and there is you know there is something like you say rather wonderful about having caught ourselves you know and and then made a choice exactly yeah Yeah. yes and and the calmness that comes with that you know not not living careering from the the anger or worry or whatever it was that flipped us over in the first place into the major regret that that's the way we reacted in that moment you know and you've just hit the nail on the head this is about managing emotions, yeah. all of it, whether yeah. it's a, a partner that we're considering or a food thing or whatever, you know, if, if there's some, this kind of urge, it's generally an emotional yeah. response that yeah. we're not in any control of. No, no. And so what we're, what we're saying is, yeah, how we might have more choice, how to respond instead of react yeah, yeah absolutely yes and move towards a more easeful life right that that kind of calmness <sighs> and, you know yeah yeah it's much more attainable than trying to be happy or whatever isn't it yes absolutely mm. yes well that is a transient yeah. state right yeah uh, so I, I, that whole kind of looking at consequence of about to do this thing that i might regret mm being really honest yes will future me exactly. be happy with my decision yeah yeah yes absolutely rather than you know the short-term relief of the emotion I'm feeling only to be followed by a whole bucket of regret mm. <laughs> no one likes that do they? no <laughs> You've been listening to It's Not That Deep with Lucy Woods and Adrienne Kirk. If you've enjoyed listening, why not subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode?